Hey everyone, and welcome to a mini, mini, mini episode of Pixels. I'm Patrick Beja, and usually we talk about the news from the video games industry. And last week I said it would probably be a couple of, maybe three weeks before the next episode would come around. And uh, guess what? I'm not in Japan. Um, I'm sure you already know this and you might even be sick of hearing about it if you've been following me on social networks. But uh, suffice to say, I couldn't go. I'm super sad about it. But what did that made um, possible is that I'm doing another episode. It's going to be a tiny one because I really just wanted to talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake and the demo that um, came out a couple of days ago. And because it's just surprisingly super exciting. And uh, there's a ton of things that are happening in the industry. Um, the, lots of news, which I'm not going to get to. We'll get to in a couple of weeks with the next episode. But I really wanted to, well, I had a little bit of time and I love I loved talking to you guys. So this is uh, one that I thought would be um, cool to discuss because I'm just incredibly excited about it. And I didn't think I was going to be I am usually not someone for nostalgia. I think it's clear if you've been listening to me for a while. Um, I even scoff at nostalgia usually. It's not my thing and I don't understand why people chase those old things uh, when we, I, I consider most of the time we have better versions of them uh, available today. And actually, that might, uh, oh, let me rearrange the mic a little bit, that might fit with the feelings that this um, uh, Final Fantasy VII remake is uh, eliciting, because it is old base, but uh, very much in the new wrapper. Uh, it goes deeper than the wrapper, actually. It's really a reimagining of what that game would have been had it been developed for today's uh, systems. And in that sense, it's very similar to what uh, Capcom did with Resident Evil 2 last year and what they're going to do again, it seems, with Resident Evil 3 this year. It's a... Um, it's not so... Uh, uh, it's it's not just a remake. They're, they are basically, those two games, I think, are redefining what we can expect of a remake. It's not just remaking the game with updated graphics and maybe, maybe a tweak here and there to make it more palatable to more modern audiences and less uh, um, grindy, difficult to get into because that's what games were back back then. It's really taking from the get-go, extracting the core, uh, often just the the the, the style, uh, the concept, and uh, the the main elements, and, and redeveloping them for today. And in that sense, I think as uh, different as the remake of uh, Resident Evil Two was from the original, today this. Is goes even further with Final Fantasy VII, and before I even go into my impressions of um, the the game itself, I think it's worth noting how far uh, the Japanese developers have come from the beginning of this generation. They were in a really difficult, really precarious position back in the early to mid uh, 2010s. They had lost their way one one can even say they they didn't they were so attached to 
old ways of doing things and things that were exclusive to Japan almost, that they couldn't learn from what uh, was being done by more interesting and innovative developers in the West. And it is, this is not that surprising for Japan. It's always been a, well, literally insular country, but uh, in, in many other things as well. And throughout the past five to 10 years, not only have they uh, regained, I think they're excelling in a kind of double A uh, production, double A to triple A production style, which fits their uh, capabilities and their market, and that also is open enough to welcome um, gamers from a wider audience in the West, not in the sense that super triple A games do uh, that are global, but they reach, you know, maybe, I don't know, I'm going to just throw a number, you know, 30 to 50% of the global audience. And they offer something that more uh, mainstream developers don't uh, offer. And that is an, an asset, definitely an asset that we only see for those styles of games in Japan. So they've adapted uh, in a way that uh, that wasn't a given. Now it might seem like, well, of course they're going to do that and they're going to adapt and, and they're going to find a way to make those their thing, what they know how to do, uh, palatable and accessible and, and accessible to Western audiences. But it wasn't a given. So I think that is a really interesting aspect of the development and it is of the development of, of ja the Japanese game industry. And it is embodied, I think, um, by this version of Final Fantasy VII, which uh, is the best of everything they know how to do. It relies on the nostalgia from that era of gaming where things that came from Japan were the thing that everyone wanted. Um, and the launch of the PlayStation 1, which really launched uh, video gaming into the the general public back from the era of super nintendo which was sure very well known but it was more of a um, hobbyist type activity and of course uh final fantasy 7 the switch of square going from nintendo to sony which was very dramatic at the time and anyway so most of you will remember how significant final fantasy 7 was and they rely on this but they also create a product that is that has learned from um, what is being made today, which they didn't do for the longest time. In the early, in, let's say between 2000 and 2010, um, it was well maybe a little bit later than that, but it was really difficult for uh, them to take the learnings from that. And I guess I'm going to come at this. Uh, in these impressions a little bit sideways since I'm talking about this because. I got an impression playing the game that uh, has been echoed by a couple of people. So I think there is something to it. I think it was uh, Skillup, a YouTuber, which I enjoy, who was making that reference. There's a lot of uh, feeling that echoes what is, uh, that echoes the game feel of God of War in Final Fantasy VII. Uh, which is something which is kind of weird to even say because there are such different games. And to be clear, the systems are are completely different. It is not 
you know, they're not similar games, they're not similar genres, but the cinematic feel of the combat has something of that controlled uh, badassery feeling from God of War. And by the way, uh, Scale Up was saying that in his interview with Kitase, the shows, the, the shows, the games um producer director the guy who's calling the shots he was saying that that was an inspiration it's not you can feel it you can see it um and for a game which is a jrpg um it's it's absolutely not what you would expect but uh i'll get back to the combat system but that feeling is maybe what is the most surprising thing for me in in the game um i had welcomed the news of a remake with a little bit of um let's say i wasn't sure it would be for me and as we've seen more and more over the past two or three years i've kind of started getting intrigued by it more and more and in the past few months i've i i got on board and i was really curious and eager to to give it a try um but i never would have expected that the game system and the combat system would feel so great um and so to get back to the comparison with god of war i think that this embodies what uh the transformation of the japanese gaming industry from the past few years which is just like everyone else in the gaming industry they learn from uh the interesting things that others do and it might not be one specific thing but it's a general way of uh of making the player uh, act or feel a certain way and it modernizes the whole experience and so that might be the best example the best uh, blend of everything that's good now about Japanese games and video games in general Uh, but I'll get back to it Um, I want to talk about the the first thing you, you feel when you're getting into the game and that's the graphics and the nostalgia i guess um the graphics are really good this game is extremely good looking it's this generation for sure it doesn't feel like you know next gen anything but it it is a uh a, an impressive looking game um there's also a lot of nostalgia that plays into it the music I think to someone who hasn't known the original game might feel a little bit, uh, <laughs> God, there's a Swedish term that, that comes to mind now. It, it feels jobbit, which is like, there's a lot of, it's like, ah, it, a lot of stuff going on and it requires a lot of your attention. Like the, the music is often calling uh, your attention maybe a little bit too much. And I think this is because it's uh, a reinterpretation of the original 16-bit gra- uh, music, uh, which were synthy and and very. Each instrument was pointy and and coming out quite a bit, but it works. It definitely works. Um, and if you've known that original one and the original score, oh, I said 16-bit, it was PlayStation, of course it wasn't. And maybe it's even a similar, uh, uh, it's, I'm not even sure it was reorchestrated. But I guess my feeling is it was from that time where, where music for video games were still a little bit influenced by the previous generation. Maybe that's why I'm feeling that way, but um, it's definitely not 
less of a background music. Uh, it's more present than I think maybe we're used to in in general in background musics in in other games. Um, but the nostalgia definitely works, and the seeing that intro, which is so emblematic and and so well known um, for most gamers that are. I don't know, I guess over 30 today. <laughs> um, it, it, it is, it, it's strong, it works. And it works, I think, even more than in other uh, remakes or maybe than in Resident Evil 2 because there's such an artistic feel to the design of the world. Like everything about it is unique. It feels like something that is immediately identifiable um, and and something that you're going back to reimagined in the best possible way. So there's a lot of that, I think, which plays into it, at least for me. But um, the that it doesn't stop there. Thankfully, the the dubbing is pretty good. I played the demo in English. I think I should have played it in Japanese because it, it's not the thing. Is Japanese language is has a lot of emphasis on a lot of syllables, and and the way you speak kind of has these peaks and valleys in your tone, which when you try to reproduce the. Um, the sentiment of it in English leads you leads you to overact a little bit, and that's not necessarily true for all the characters, and maybe it's just a thing for uh, Barrett. Um, but it definitely, I, actually, uh, Cloud especially is surprisingly well acted and well portrayed. So Cloud, of course, you've certainly seen, even if you don't know the game, it's the character with the giant sword. I think he started the theme of giant swords um, in Japanese media, which has been, I, I don't know that there was someone else before him, another character before him that had this enormous, humongous uh, phallic symbol. Um, but he is... He's acted with a surprising amount of uh, nuance, and I expected him to be just the the powerful, dark, uh, somewhat uh, uh, amnesiac hero, the traditional thing, especially in Japanese uh, games and and uh, yeah, in Japanese games. But he's a little bit more human, I think, than I remember. And maybe it was the case in the old PlayStation version as well. But of course, now that we have voices and facial expressions, it, 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 he seems like, at least in the small demo, uh, like an interesting character. Um, but Barrett, uh, I think... So I haven't played uh, Seven in a long time, but I think because of the time and especially because of how Japanese society, uh, the, the relationship of Japanese society with people of color, um, the Barrett has apparently a lot of problems and not just him, but in the original game, like it's, it's problematic the way uh, this and other things are portrayed. It seemed a lot better in this one, obviously it's more of it of its time, but the way they speak, the way Barrett speaks, I think is even in the dubbed version a kind of an echo of the way the Japanese actor uh, portrays Barrett, which I think is still, um, you know, kind of marked by what Japanese 
people think or how they see black people. Uh, I think there might be a little bit of that, but at the same time in Japanese media, there everyone is a little bit um, overemphasize a little bit of a caricature, but there is a little bit of a feeling there. So the point is, I don't necessarily, uh, uh, I'm not necessarily pointing to that for that reason, but to say that it feels like the actor that plays Barrett is overacting a significant amount, which is to a level that is distracting, I think. Um, but overall, it feels quite acceptable you know it's a it's a decent job i i'll have to listen to the japanese version um to see if it's uh better or not but um the in general uh as i said the graphics the artistic design the artistic direction the the intent of the whole thing is quite uh well done i stunning at times even i think is fair and it shows how um visionary it was back in the day like that intro sequence was incredible for us back in the day and it holds up today a little bit you know reimagined but it holds up so there's all of this which gets you into it immediately and and then you get into the combat system, which none of everything that I've talked about until now would matter if that combat system didn't work. And it just works so incredibly well. Uh, of course, the old system is a you know turn-based RPG, which is awesome for and, and was awesome for that time but in the current system in the current remake they have uh, modernized it with learnings from i think what i'm hearing is that the closest one uh, is final fantasy 13 which i didn't love and didn't play a lot of so i don't really remember but it seems like there's final fantasy 13 and final fantasy 15 even inspiration um and that it mixes that with an attempt to um, integrate the feeling of the turn-based uh, strategy, uh, the turn-based uh, system from JRPGs, and it, it just works. So if you haven't heard, um, you have a, a, an active system where you walk around in the environment and uh, press a button to hit enemies with, in the case of Cloud, your sword. So you just do a series of, of hits that uh, chain into a combo and you just can whittle down uh, the enemy's health with that. But then you also, as time passes and as you hit enemies, uh, you can fill up your ATB active time bar something um active time uh, ability so you you fill that bar again in the case of cloud there's two sections there might be more or less with other characters and you can use those units to use items or uh launch spells or special abilities and when you do you press a button that essentially pauses the action, but not completely. It's like extreme uh, slow time. It's like bullet time, but it's so slow that it, it's really comfortable for you to choose through the menus what you want to do, but it's not you know completely paused so you might if you launch an ability in the wrong way you might miss your target or if you wait too long your enemy might hit you because they initiated an attack and things like that so there's this 
perfect mix between turn by turn and uh, action that works so well, so beautifully. And uh, so there is an option to play in classic mode if you want to which completely gets rid of that new system, which I think actually might be uh, useful if you want a, a little bit of, uh, to relax a little bit, because it's quite intense. Those battles are actually uh, heavily action-based and maybe even tiring if there's too many of them. Um, but not only do you have one character to worry about, you can switch between the different characters of your party, or you can actually just focus on your one character, but launch special abilities or items for other for the other characters in your team. Um, and 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 so you you ac have access to everyone, like from a uh, UI design, like. Uh, interface interface design it is really brilliant and it serves the game beautifully so all of this comes together to create an experience that is in combat uh, really well done and that is one thing i did 1000 percent not expect um and i think we've heard that theme from a lot of reviewers and youtubers over the past few days as they've returned from their uh, press trip and everyone's been trying the demo, um, the unexpected greatness, not just quality, but greatness of this demo is everywhere. Um, and the game is coming out just in a few weeks, I think April 11, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and it seems like it's going to be a huge hit. And um, th there is one... Not caveat, but but just a word of caution. The game it was enormously vast. And uh, of course, as we know, the remake is going to be broken down in several sections. This one is only Midgar, the original city. And uh, in the original game, that was maybe two, uh, I think seven to eight hours. And this is going to be stretched to... 30, at least several dozen hours, which could lead to something that is uh, 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 too stretched out and that has filling, you know, fill quests that aren't interesting and, and stuff like that. So that, I think, is a, a not, not a huge concern, but a real concern. So I think I, I'm not saying you should rush out and pre-order it because that could end up being a real problem for the game. Um, but if that doesn't turn out to be uh, a problem and we'll have an answer with the first reviews, it is a, a huge uh, success of a transformation of a game that, honestly, when it was announced, it was interesting uh, back, when was it? 2016, maybe? Um, and I didn't think it was going to come out this quickly. Uh, I thought it would actually possibly never come out, but uh, we certainly didn't expect it to be that much of a reimagining of what the game was going to uh, could be. So, um, yeah, overall, what a game! What a what a fun experience, and what a surprise, and what a triumphant return um, for. The, the symbol, it's a symbol of the Japanese games industry uh, that brings back with such know-how what made our, our 
childhoods and our, our joy back then. Um, so this might be, again, a little bit premature. Let's wait for the full game to, to throw around these kinds of... Uh, of uh, hyperbolic statements, but uh, I am very enthusiastic and very curious to uh, see more of it. And I really hope that the first episode is substantial. And I hope that we don't have to wait another five to 10 to 20 years for the next episodes. I hope that uh, they manage to... Um, come out with the next episode maybe you know they're working hard and it's going to be ready within the first year of the next generation and it's going to have this incredible ray tracing which will make everything even prettier but um yeah so that is my impressions of final fantasy 7 remake just the a little bit you can hear how enthusiastic i am about this and i'm not often so um we'll see and uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with uh, a lot of news that uh, will be super interesting to discuss it won't be just me hopefully uh, i'll have uh, someone to contradict me and tell me when i'm being an idiot at that point and uh, until then you can follow me on twitter at NotPatrick. You can also follow me on Facebook at NotPatrick. And most importantly, on Instagram. I've been Instagramming quite a bit in uh, recent weeks and I plan to keep it up because I like that network. And uh, so you can follow me there. I'm unsurprisingly also NotPatrick on Instagram. So check me out over there. You can comment at frenchspin.com and I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.